Welcome back to the Happy Teacher Pod. If you did listen to our first episode, if this is if you are a first timer, mm. you're in for a treat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to be jumping straight in um, into actual kind of talking about why or what makes a happy teacher. Um, and we decided that our episode today will be mainly based on um, do great school. No, how do great schools make happy teachers uh, considered great mm. um and well i definitely have worked at, also worked in many different kind of places and some of the places i would consider not to be so great um and maybe that was down to certain elements of the school um and definitely linked directly into whether i was happy or not at that school yeah so i think it's also probably important to note as well that we're using the term great rather than ofsted which yeah, say outstanding. outstanding yeah because we've both worked at so-called outstanding mm -hmm, schools mm -hmm. doesn't I mean that they're and great. it doesn't mean that they're great no, no, no. and equally i've worked at good schools which i think are absolutely great mm -hmm. Um, so I think we really want to stress that, that we're yeah. not talking about how to create an outstanding school. Yeah. We're saying what's genuinely a great school mm. for everyone involved. For happy te teachers. For happy teachers, which, which, which is happy yeah. students, which is happy parents. I know a lot of happy teachers that work at good schools, yeah. like exactly and like Jenny said. And I know a lot of unhappy teachers that work at outstanding, outstanding schools. schools. Yeah, so we definitely we definitely want to kind of stay away from the Ofsted, yeah. the big O uh, yeah. phrases, yeah. Um, because that doesn't necessarily mean that just because you're a, a outstanding school that you've got happy teachers um i've definitely seen the opposite of that i yeah. know you have as well yeah. so. i think it's almost you often see a kind of direct correlation don't you mm. the more consistently outstanding a school is sometimes yeah you, you see the teacher burnout and the teacher exactly turnover. so um in the last episode my room 101 was that i wanted to get rid of schools that don't have like actual staff areas where it's like a staff room rather than a staff like work room or whatever else um and then we wanted to kind of link that into today's episode by thinking about um whether if you have a staff room and stuff does that actually make it does that make you more happy yeah um and then is that an essential ingredient of what we think makes a great school mm, yeah exactly well in my mind <laughs> i don't know why but that that for me, makes a difference to my mental health. If I can go and mm. have a cup of tea with a mate at school for five minutes and have a chat in the staff room, that is so much, that is that makes me incredibly happy <laughs> at yeah. school. Um, so yeah, we were thinking. Then we were thinking, oh, what else makes us happy at school? And we both said, didn't we? Like working relationships with yeah with others. Yeah, and so that, good relationships. Yeah, with and we thought we want to do our. Especially our friendships with <laughs> yeah. other people. And obviously this podcast has been born out of a friendship um from from school, um, aka me yeah. and Jenny. Um but yeah, so we wanted to link our break time. So we were having a little reminisce over some like stories about when we were working together, like what could we think of that was really, really funny? And we did think of quite a few different things. We did have quite a few, but we couldn't remember because, you know, it was quite a long time ago. We yeah, couldn't remember true. the so we were laughing, but we were like, we're laughing because we sort of remember it happening, but we can't actually tell the story. Yeah, properly. exactly. So we didn't um, pick those ones. So we picked one that we can genuinely remember well. 
But yeah, I think the point was we were saying for both of us, mm. we thought kind of good relationships with our colleagues was a key point of a, a ha- being a happy teacher. Oh my God, 100%. Um, and I think that can be facilitated by a great school. That yeah, yeah, yeah. spaces like a staff room that yeah. is a genuine break Yeah, room. that's a nice way of putting it. Because that's a way of, you know, mm. making happier teachers because you, you've got a way of kind of cultivating these relations. So yeah, at this particular school, um, we thought this would be quite a good one for the break time banter. So I'll see if I can tell it well. Oh, God, Obviously, Jenny. jump in whenever you want because you were there too. <laughs> so at this particular school, different teachers had to take it in turns to lead mm. an assembly and a matter and, and no, support staff. It was literally uh, just staff. All staff. It was all, all staff. staff. Yeah. All staff had a responsibility to do one assembly yeah. in the year. Which is also a really interesting thing to come back yeah. to in the podcast, yeah, actually. The true. importance of so we're talking a fully like inclusive that, community. The caretaker done yes, an assembly. And actually, assembly. I remember his assembly <gasps> really, really well. He done a really good assembly. I remember um, the headmistress's PA's assembly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, it didn't matter who you were in the school, like um, all of the, even like um, the lunchtime supervisors, yes. like everybody done an assembly. But you know what as well, because we will come back to this, like that might be sounding like someone's idea of a nightmare. So if you're listening to this <laughs> and you're a receptionist at school, you might be thinking, I did not sign up to lead an mm, assembly. Yeah, that's true. But I remember having conversations with a lunchtime organiser who was nervous about an assembly. Mm. And we were both head of years at that point. Yeah, and yeah. I remember, so I'd done loads of assemblies and giving us some advice. And she loved doing it. I remember yeah. talking to her afterwards. A lot of them. And actually, God, some of the most interesting yeah. assemblies because you could choose what your assembly was on. Yeah. That was not directed at all. I remember like they, they were like, you could do your assembly on like... So why did I have to do mine because... on my topic that we're about to get to? <laughs> because also running through was... that was... a separate thing? Or, or, no, or maybe they told you just like a assembly title. Not a title, a like a theme. theme. I think they but gave you a theme, you. but then they could, okay. whatever content you wanted within that theme. Yeah. And so Jenny was given a theme alongside, you'd done it with another colleague, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So One you, of the colleagues from our old guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, colleagues. so we will come back to the role of non-teaching staff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Doing kind of more than that's maybe expected of them, but that's kind of the wrong word because... I think it was all to do with that school's vision of students respecting. It was the all culture, staff. yeah. It was the culture. Because I think it was that. It was as well. to do it was with like the they students. Wanted students to yeah, know yeah, the staff it was to do with the students. Hundred percent. Um, but yeah, so for this particular one, um, my good friend and colleague and I were doing an assembly together because we were given a word, so a theme each, and we kind of <laughs> talked about our words and we're like, uh. We both kind of thought our words meant the same thing. Yeah. So for, I don't know, English teachers out there or anyone that's particularly into their words, and I find, mm. I think I'm someone quite into my words, but I think even to this day, I'm not 100% sure if I gave the assembly on the difference between them. So I had to do an assembly on openness. Yeah. And then my friend had to do an assembly on open-mindedness. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and maybe we just spent too long overthinking it. I am a bit of an overthinker. That is possible. Maybe someone's going to straight away listen to this and be like, oh, clearly the difference between openness and open-mindedness is. Um, but we just decided, look, our assemblies are going to be way too similar. Let's just Let's combine just draw- Yeah, 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 definitely. So, but that in itself just kind of cracked us up because we're like, what is the di-? After a while, we're like, what is the difference between openness and, and open-mindedness? open-mindedness. Yeah. Um, but we thought one way to demonstrate one of those words, I can't remember, you tell me. Am I demonstrating openness? I, wanna, I, wanna, I think I'm demonstrating open-mindedness. Yeah, open-mindedness. I think yeah. we thought we could demonstrate open-mindedness by trying, both of us, live 
Oh no, it was recorded, but recorded for all the kids to watch. Yeah. Um, try five things we've never done before. And what foods, of which, five was foods. it always foods? Was it always foods? Maybe it was always food. I feel, I feel like it we was We decided foods, one yeah. of them, because we both really are into our food. So we all go out yeah. for dinner a lot and we go to nice places where we try different things out. Yeah. Um, so it was quite hard to find something that neither one of us had ever tried. But then we found <laughs> this uh, random fish paste. Yeah, it was a fish paste. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what fish was in there at all. But... They decided to get us involved in it when the, I think I I want to say that I filmed this for you guys. I think you did in film the it. staff room, and then I think we made you eat some. Of that. <laughs> yeah, and then we all tried it because obviously we had to get in on the trying of it, and it was a pretty. It was it wasn't very nice, whatever no. it was. And also, we were I obviously like trying fish. to show. I quite like other fish paste, yeah, but yeah. this one wasn't very nice, and but it's not it very. Because it was quite hard to find something we'd never tried either one of us, and then obviously we were trying to show. Open minded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be open minded. So we were trying to be open minded that maybe one day after trying this food several because times. I'm Greek, so like one of our main thing one of our main dips is like literally yeah. fish roe, which yeah. I really love. Yeah. So I was really and so yeah, we ate the fish paste. We yeah. discussed the taste of the fish paste. We made Roxy eat the fish paste. And then and then they, <laughs> they done an assembly on it. And actually, again, I think the assembly was successful. Yeah. Like and obviously you guys had come up with this idea. And it was to try and get the kids to be more open-minded. Yeah. And have more openness, which is obviously very similar. Yeah, although I'm not sure what we did to demonstrate openness, because I still don't know the difference. But anyway, (laughs) um, I think the point was linking the breakdown banter to what we're talking about, about what makes a great school, um, was we're both saying a key ingredient is We had a lot of laughs. friendships. Yeah, good friendships, a lot of laughs. have a laugh at work. Yeah, 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 Yeah. definitely. And that's, that's definitely... Well, we were, again, we were having like a little just reminisce. And even when we were reminiscing, we were just laughing so much about these things because, you know, they bring back such good memories. And yeah. and it's definitely one of the reasons. I mean, I stayed at that school for a really long time. And and, yeah. I, and that was one of my main reasons. And you did say that, didn't you? You say you had good friendships there. By far, one of my main reasons for, for staying was, was because of my friendships there. Yeah. And um, I heard something on the radio the other day. Um, that uh, you shouldn't stay in a job longer than two years. Like, you should always be thinking about, like, wow. your next move, like, career-wise. And I thought, oh, God, do I really stayed at that school for, like, a, such a long, well over two years. Mm. And it's like, but I don't regret it because yeah. it did, like, actually make what, what I'm doing now. Okay, maybe I haven't moved off as far as, like, I could have. If I had left after two years, I probably would be in senior leadership by now. But... You know what? Whatever. Like it is yeah. what it is. And also, like I didn't listen to the the radio show, but I guess that's probably quite a limited goal that they're thinking about. If you mm. want to make progress in your career, move after two years. But, I think, funnily enough, they were actually comparing women to men, and they were saying that, right. like, um, and then they were saying that women that stay at their jobs for like a longer period of time because because they like the work environment or they've got mm. like friends there that whatever that they and they're not as successful like in their actual career path and i was a bit like mm. yeah but then so. again that's really narrow definition of success isn't it because are they happy are these people that rise <laughs> up are they well, happy exactly so my first one which is linked to the break time banter one is i called it collaboration so yeah. i mean collaboration in the sense that you are choosing to collaborate or have conversations with your colleagues because you actually like them as people yeah so having that good staff room um having break time banter creating yeah. those memories um 
but I feel like we've talked about that a bit already. I think what I wanted to add to that as well is collaboration in terms of just sharing resources. Mm. Um, so I don't know about you, but as we've said between us, I said this in the previous episode, we've worked at quite a few different schools. We've and both obviously... had like different and similar experiences yeah. as well. So like in the school that we worked at together, we basically had to share everything. Yeah. And it was like a prerequisite of joining the school. So yeah. like even I remember, I don't know if it was in the interview or maybe it was slightly after when our head of faculty was kind of mm. talking to us about her vision for the faculty. But she was like, we share everything. Like there's no, yeah. like you don't make a lesson just for yourself. Yeah. Like you make a lesson and everyone can use it. Even a cover teacher, if they're coming in to teach yeah. a lesson or whatever. So it should be there for everybody to use. Now, I have definitely worked in schools where this is not the case as well. I think we were so lucky to be at that school at the time of that school's development because yeah, as you yeah, said yeah. in the previous episode that was the second year of the school it was a brand new startup school mm. and so we had the opportunity to create everything from scratch so obviously people have come from other, well not obviously but we'd all come from other schools so we had other resources we could bring to the table yeah. but it was a chance to say this particular school has no resources of its own yet so let's all make but outstanding we did, resources I remember, that we share. Yeah, and I remember having to really adapt my thinking because yeah. in my previous school where I was an NQT and, like, I'd come from my PGC, obviously, and whatever else, I was told, like, your lessons are yours. Like, if you've made those lessons, they're yours. So it was essentially – and also in my first school, I was very much, like, responsible for my own lessons and that was mm. it. Like, I was not responsible for anybody else's stuff. So getting into that kind of like sharing mindset was difficult at the beginning. I'm not going to lie, but my God, was it worth it? Yeah. And did it make our lessons? Oh, my God, it made our lessons amazing. Keep, yeah. And you obviously stayed at that school a lot longer than I did. Yeah, yeah. You could continue. Obviously, you could make improvements to them, but they were already such good lessons to start off they with. They were, they were. So you could use them year after year, obviously modifying them if, you know, situations we did, are changing. We modified them or we changed schemes of work and stuff like that. Really but good. yeah, 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 you had something um, really good. So I, so that school that we both joined where we shared our resources, I'd been at two previous schools before that school. My first school, mm. yeah, there was not sharing of resources. Mm. But what I did at that school and did at my second school is I found someone in my department that felt the same as me and we agreed to share resources. Yeah. And that's what got me through my Do first you know schools. still to this day, even though, okay, other schools might not share their resources, to this day, I still, because in, in the school that we were in, if you made a different lesson to the one that was on the system, you remember you used to just put your initials yes, at the end of the I lesson. Yes, I still do that. So it was still on the shared area. You didn't like put it in your own area. It was yeah. on the shared area. You'd put your initials at the end. So someone might go in and they might be like, oh, I'm more like Roxy's teaching style. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd like to teach that lesson that Roxy's put on the system because I might have just amended like a starter or a plenary. I've not necessarily amended the whole lesson because um, I like doing like a quiz, for example. So I might have put a quiz yeah. in there. Someone is to do, they could just click on my thing with my yeah. initials. And to this day, even at my current school, I put, I always, any lessons I amend, I do not just take them for myself. I leave them in the shared yeah. area and I put my initials on the end. And I just actually think it's just great practice. Yeah. If someone I'm, wants to use it, I'm they exactly can use it. I do not care. Yeah. Like, you so know, it's I absolutely fine. I've since worked in the school, since the school that Roxy and I worked at. Um, I was head of department in the next school. So even though it wasn't a new school, mm. um, there was quite a lot of new people in my department. So I was like, this is a chance to replicate what we yeah, had. Yeah, 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 exactly. School. 
um, and I made sure all my resources were shared with everyone else um, we had shared folders for everything and again I passed that idea on that obviously feel free to modify resources but just leave it, but in, the keep it in the shared yeah. area put your initials next to it um because I know that you do go to some places and you face a bit of a backlash and people are very and maybe people want to kind of comment on this but people are quite protective of their resources but from my point of view I just I don't personally understand the need to be protective if you've created a resource that went well mm. for your students why would you not want to share i think that? that comes from this idea that like you've made it like you you kind of feel mm. like connected to the resource like whatever which is fine and and all well and good you've made it from scratch but at the same time you will never reinvent the the teaching wheel yeah, yeah, and yeah. i think like you do need to have a little bit of humility about you yeah. being a teacher and thinking to yourself actually this is not the first time this idea has yeah, ever been used yeah. in the and whole of benefits. teaching if you've made a good lesson yeah. that's gone well why wouldn't you want to share it with all your colleagues but this is why it makes it a great school because our collaboration yeah. it was like and, and that, on links, point. that links to the breakdown banter doesn't it the more you've kind of fostered good relationships with your colleagues the more mm. that you're like yes of course i want to share i mean i'd want to share them anyway because i think we got it embedded into us yeah but i think the more you respect and like your colleagues the more that you think oh i will that definitely makes a difference and like i've definitely seen that in other schools or actually in that same school but when um you know other people were kind of in charge that people got quite like protective over mm. there but I just I think I've always stayed in that I think because yeah, I was there do. for so long and because we'd kind of started this new like school yeah. essentially um it really got ingrained in me and I really really loved it I, I really I think it works and I think it, it works, works from really every well. level doesn't it because I also think it forces you so when when we work together we'd take it in turns at least in that first year to create a set of lessons and yeah, then we yeah, would yeah. explain them to everyone else so in mm. our planning meeting and this sounds like it's really arduous it wasn't it was like no, a, quite no. a short meeting because we got good at doing it yeah and we'd be like here are the next six lessons and and they'd always have a good structure to them anyway yeah. which we'd all understand so you know here's your starter here's your main here's your assessment for learning um, and we would just quickly explain mm. it to everyone else and then it'd be a chance for them to ask you any questions yeah it would also be a chance you'd be sat at the computer to be like oh god that's a really good point that doesn't really make much sense i'll make an edit right now mm. so it was almost collective lesson planning one person took the lead it was it was collective lesson help. planning yeah, so then really we'd end good. up with these really good lessons that all of us could teach from mm -hmm. but equally because i know there are some people there that maybe work at schools where they think everything's too formulaic where they think you've already been given your lesson plan where's the room for creativity I never felt stifled at that school, nor have I felt stifled creating. We were encouraged. Else. We were encouraged. You can make any changes you want yeah, to that we, lesson, but you've got a very good lesson to start off with. We had a like, we had a kind of, um, I don't know what you want to call it, because you don't want to make it sound formulaic, because we definitely had freedom over our. It was a basic, it, it was a basic that, structure, you know, but it wasn't formulaic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you do want some sort of starter, initial stimulus material, whatever you call it. Yeah. You need some activities. You need you need links between them. But we were generally like, encouraged it's to. It's the basics of what you learn on your PGCE. It's nothing yeah. controversial. But we but would. What makes I feel like we were generally encouraged to do interesting like lessons. Like if we wanted to do something completely different we could yeah. like we were never told you doing no that, yeah. you must stick to the you did that amazing um oh, go experiential on, <laughs> no, 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 i'm going to compliment you on history so i'm the history specialist here, you did this. 
It was the one that you did with the experiential learning, and it was all about the murder mystery of Thomas Beckett. Oh my god! And I got the yeah. skeleton from the biology department, yes. and I laid the skeleton down on the floor, and we done like a whole murder mystery detective yeah. on Thomas Beckett. And I and I am that. not. I well, okay, I'm not. A history specialist at all i was a history teacher obviously for a while yeah. at that school um but not gcse yeah. just not yeah. just key stage three but, I, but still like yeah i to this day so i am a history specialist and then ran a history department and then still teach history. do you still use that I still, i've made modifications over the years okay, obviously, but I, still, yeah. I still use a lot of your ideas oh the thing is the experiential learning like definitely was something that was fostered at um at our school that we worked at because that was something that me and another colleague were encouraged to explore yeah. more in RE lessons because that's my specialism. And so, yeah, obviously I yeah. brought that into the history yeah, lesson. Yeah, yeah. Which but was yeah. brilliant because we were working together so you could bring that in mm. and I might not have done it that way. Yeah. Um, and I guess, yeah, just to kind of wrap up my bit before I ask Roxy, I guess it comes back to this happy teacher, doesn't it? If you collaborate more, if you share resources more, mm. You know, the big thing in teaching, it always has been, as long as I've been teaching, is work-life balance. Yeah, it does and work reduce load. your workload, um, like yeah, because obviously we, you're yeah. given that like kind of responsibility of however many lessons, but yes. you're not responsible for every single lesson. And also, if you know you're given a responsibility, and I'm not saying this is how you always have to do it, it worked in that school because it was a new school, but you could, you know, have a bit of a strategy. You could mm. say, I'm gonna take this period of time and do six lessons in a row, mm. then I know I've done them, or I've got this one free period, I'm gonna make two lessons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can choose how you manage your time. Mm. But the point is, I think that is a key ingredient in making me a happy teacher. Um, I went for inspirational leadership um, because I have had personal experience of having really inspirational leaders. And again, we were talking about some of the people that we, we worked with, both of us, mm. who we found inspirational. And I'm not just talking about um, the head teacher, for example, I'm talking about, you know, middle leaders or like leaders within a department even. So- Head of years. Yeah, head of years, leader. like any kind of leader. Um, when they're inspirational, they make me wanna be better. And that yeah. makes me like happy because I feel like I'm pushing on in my own kind of personal development of being a teacher, mm. but also because it makes me feel like I'm working with a purpose. Like yeah. I'm working You're for something. Yeah, vision. like I, I, I'm totally there with them and I'm like, yeah, I get it. And you are inspirational and I want to work for you and I want to do well for you. Mm. Um, you know, even talk, even taking a head teacher for an example, you know, um, a head teacher that doesn't have a vision. I mean, this links a little bit to one I think you're going to talk about later, or maybe we spoke about beforehand. But if there's no vision there, and I've worked for a head teacher where there was no vision, um, and they said specifically, oh, "I don't really have a vision," and it was like, "Right, okay, then." That I, I don't towards? really understand now yeah. what my purpose is in this school as a middle leader. You know, I'm taking from the leaders above me um and from everyone that i work with and if you don't understand your vision how am i supposed to understand any type of vision mm. at all and where's how the my... coherence to yeah. what the kids are experiencing as well well exactly if, exactly if you don't have a vision from the top how are the kids supposed to know what's the kind of collective mm. purpose and the the inspiration isn't just to do with vision it's to do with like about how they understand education and you know 
where they've worked in the past, how long they've kind of been, you know, teaching for or not, te you know, that, that's another debate maybe for another time, but should head teachers still teach? Should deputy heads still teach? You know, because... You know, that is a really good point. I've worked at a school where the head teacher had as his policy that he made sure throughout his time in the school, yeah. he would teach every single child at some point because he took oh, one year, he took one year nine class a week. Yeah. So it meant as the kids went through school. Oh, that you see. Okay, but this is like our old head teacher. Like, you know, they, they always would say that they would teach at least one lesson. I don't know mm. that sounds like minimal, but at least you've still got your toe in the water. Yeah. At least you still understand where the teaching side of things is going, coming from, you know, like your your teachers yeah. that are on the ground, like the people yeah. that are on the ground, yeah, yeah, yeah. what are they doing? But I also think if you are the head <coughs> teacher, the clue is in the name, you should still be a fantastic teacher. Mm, you are the head yeah, teacher. Yeah. You're not just the person in charge of marketing. If you're, you know, I'm talking from the perspective of working at private schools. Like I know a lot of what a head teacher does is, being the face of the school marketing Right, I see school. what you mean. Mm. But I think they should also be an amazing teacher. Yeah, but this makes them inspirational. If they are a good teacher, yeah. they will be an inspiration to other teachers that they are, like, employing, basically. Okay, so my next one, I think kind of links to yours, actually. So you're talking about inspirational leaders. Mm. The one that I thought of was trust. Okay. And I mean trust at all levels. So mm. a lot of it does lead linked to leadership actually doesn't it because whatever role you are whether you're you know an NQT or you're a classroom teacher without responsibility yet or you're a head of department and you answer to an assistant head or a deputy yeah. head you want to know that the people person however many people above you trust you to do your job mm. well you want to be inspired by them that they can support you and you can also just they want to be micromanaged but you don't do you? want to be micromanaged and and i don't yeah, think that matters there. what stage of, we're mm. obviously at a stage in our career where you know we could have made different career choices and both very much easily been mm. in slt roles by now and um, we've been teaching long enough so we don't want someone that's going to micromanage us yeah. Um, we want someone who's going to trust us and hopefully in mm. some way inspire us but if they can't inspire us at least they can trust us to get on with our mm. job. Um, and mm. I just think mm. yeah. we've both worked at places and we've talked about how this can be demonstrated in different ways where we either just have a feeling or it's very out in the open that we are oh. not trusted. I've had it very out in the open before. Not, not. I've had it where like they've said to a whole staff body before, like, oh, you know, um, we want you... So you know when we were talking about lessons before? We want you to do the lesson like this. It must go this this mm. this and i'm talking like formulaic like it needs to be five minutes on the, oh no sorry it was 10 minutes on the starter but it was called yeah. something specific i can't or even remember what it was called practice i've 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 seen so many lessons in so many different schools in my previous role when i left teaching for a while where it was so formulaic as to say your starter has to be five minutes long and it has to be five retrieval questions oh my god so this was the exact it was a similar thing said no longer than 10 minutes and it has to be i can't remember oh i think they called it a low stakes test oh yeah yeah it yeah, has yeah. to be a low, low stakes, stakes test. quiz yeah low stakes test nothing else we're allowed to do anything no freedom of choice of mm. anything and you know I want... and i remember i got observed by some person or i won't name names um and they observed me and i i went i think i'd done like 11 minutes i don't remember and they actually put it in the observation feedback that my 
like start a bit of the lesson went over the time limit by a minute or whatever and i was literally out i oh yeah, again I can feel the, another feel episode the rage. for another time about point, observations but my yeah. god that but on that point oh, about trust though yeah because i can almost hear some of the naysayers and the people who you know their jobs they don't necessarily even work in schools anymore they work for multi-academy trusts and they're the ones mm. saying here's the formula for a good lesson i know that there is a, a logic behind it in the sense oh, that I get if, the you've got, if you've gotten but even the kind of give me a, a loose structure that's yeah, cool I, even, i'm happy to work with that kind of tighter structure and i'm not saying i agree with it but yeah. their logic will be if we've got lots of maybe unqualified teachers that are coming through certain mm. training routes or brand new teachers, ECTs, this gives them some support. That's fine. Give Which, it to yeah, them. Yeah. But also, <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with it, that. Give it to them, but also don't make them do it. Yeah, because, I think this because is because the Because the thing. other thing is, with, mm. when I said trust is one of mine, I think people, and I'm not trying to generalise for every single person that goes into teaching, but I think the kind of people that go into teaching are quite creative people. We you, might not usually, always like on the whole, are, I would say, yeah. And and we I feel like, like you need to be a little bit like anyway, somewhat. Yeah. And you partly, or for me personally, go into teaching because you don't much like having a boss, yeah. and you're the one that gets to decide how that lesson. My best lessons, by far, are the ones that someone hasn't said to me you must do exactly. this exactly because it's it's back all to what we said of my about autonomy and creativity was taken yes, taken yeah, away yeah. when that trust got taken because, away you know you have your shared lesson plans your shared powerpoints whatever it is that you use but you've then got the creativity and the trust to and how and how unhappy that. were you i was so i literally i was my rock bottom we'll talk about this in our fourth episode mm. but i was at my rock bottom when they gave us those things and they said to us You've got to do it exactly. I was like, I'm not a robot. Exactly, exactly. I am not a robot. But, but yes, there is educational research about the loose yeah, and like I said, give me. A, I'm more yeah. than happy. But there isn't, and there is not good educational research to say you must spend exactly ten minutes, and therefore, if you spend eleven minutes, mm -hmm. that's therefore. Oh, and no if you do this specific starter, lesson. this will make it, you know, yeah. an outstanding. How boring lesson. for the kids that every single that's lesson what I said. I they said, know they're the going to get the same five minutes start and it didn't matter no it didn't matter what subject you were in yeah it was every single subject but from another point of view they're like oh we've got consistently continuity and all of this kind of stuff yeah you've know, got I... consistently boring lessons <laughs> <laughs> i've had some great cpd in my time as a teacher and i have had just some terrible cpd so what we were talking about is what made it great cpd and it was that it was um, catered to your teaching level. So yeah, rather than yeah. that, and now we do this in the classroom. We should be doing this for teachers as well. Yes. Like we do it in the classroom. We do not just teach a one level lesson in the classroom. So why we get, are we, we doing one level CPD in some schools? I don't understand it. So yeah, no differentiation at all. Oh, so you might have been in the career 20 years. but or you, you get, might be in your first year. But you, you get, get the, the exact same CPD as if you're a new ECT teacher. Like, no, absolutely mm. not. Now, sometimes maybe if they're introducing a new strategy into school, yeah. something like that. it's mandatory safeguarding training. Yeah, fine. fine. I'm not saying no to that. I'm just saying CPD needs to be well thought through. Um, and when it is, oh, it can be amazing. Like, I remember... Um, me and an old colleague that's part of our old little four group of four, mm. we went to a teach meet, and this was years ago. And I still remember, I still remember the CPD 
elements yeah. that were in that teach me this was yeah, i'm talking like shout out 10 years me. ago yeah. so obviously before pre-covid mm. um when we could all meet in a room together i mean we could start those back up now mm. this was something that was a collaborative collaborative thing within the whole of um kind of like an east london like hub yeah um that actually he found out about online and then he said to me oh i think you might enjoy this and i was like oh yeah let's go to it I remember it was a school in stratford and yes. i was like yeah i'm gonna go to it was amazing. Yeah. It was such good CPD. Now, this wasn't school CPD that they had run, but mm. this was extra CPD that we were engaging in. Because... But think about the amount of CPD you and I have been to over our careers, and yeah. that stands out to you. And I remember you, I don't think I was at that one. You but weren't I at that you one, but you remember us talking about it. And I remember it. being inspired by you talking and about it. And you know it. what happened afterwards? We, we um, implemented some of the stuff into the school that we were in, which we were mm. all in together. And not only that, we spoke to the, um, I remember he spoke to some of the other staff members and they then included, um, it was like a market stall teach me at our school oh. because it was like this thing of, oh, actually, this was so great because it didn't, basically we had, um, I think it was about eight different stalls of people, stalls of people, mm. where like, you know, people were standing and they were showing off one of their teaching strategies that they okay. really found effective in the classroom and you could go up to whichever one you liked and they were doing like a demonstration they were talking is. about so you it, it you could see it in practice you could ask them questions about it and actually you didn't have to necessarily go up to every single one because maybe you wouldn't find every single one useful yeah you know or whatever or else. Like, i've already i'm quite happy with that one yeah I like yeah so and i find those or... ones that are not just a one level cpd um unless it's something like safeguarding yeah. like you said um i found i find those cpds so much more useful mm. for my teaching practice even now because all teachers are going to do te cpd throughout their whole career like and i, I actually think it's a good thing yeah. that we're always learning as teachers as well um but i think it needs to be well thought out to be a great school and to make me happy coming out of that cpd happy mm. and being like oh i actually got something from that that's how I want to come out of CPD. I don't want to come out of CPD thinking, oh, God, I've heard that before. Or, yeah. um, or that's just hours of my time gone that I'll never uh, get back. I could have been That's the classic. Books. That's the classic, isn't it? You come out and you're like, you know what? I could have used that time so much better to do something else, planning a lesson, doing yeah. whatever. Yeah. And actually, you don't want to come out of CPD like that. You want to come out of CPD actually inspired, excited exactly. and inspired. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, on to your so last, my last one. one. So my last one, and again, I think we probably need a whole episode on this because I've got a lot to say. Mm. So I'll try and keep it brief for this one. Um, but having flexible working. Mm. Um, so We're going to do a whole episode yeah. on this so for I'm, sure. Without kind of going into too much detail about it now, I'm coming from this as the perspective of someone that also works, I and mean, a big shout out to this charity for MTPT, mm. which is the Maternity Teacher Paternity Teacher Project. Um, and we co-wrote a book all about creating family-friendly schools. Mm. And actually, we mean more life-friendly schools. So just to say this isn't trying to say it from the perspective of only parents mm. that are teachers. Anyone at any point in their life might want flexible work. That means you yeah, might have an older, 100%. you might have your mother this is not might just be parents. Ill and you might yeah. need to do caring responsibilities. Maybe you have no caring responsibilities, but you don't want to work five days a week yeah. and you can manage the finances to make it four days a week and you want a fifth day for leisure, for a different side hustle, whatever it is. Mm. And I just think that is still something flexible working where so many schools have so far to go. Yeah. Um, 
women aged 30 to 39, which is a prime age for when you might be having your children, they represent such a large chunk of the workforce mm. and so many of them leave every year. Yeah, and MTPC totally are doing research that. into this at the moment. And, you know, it is for different reasons, but so often it does correlate to motherhood mm. and not being able to get the work-life balance that they need. Yeah. And so they're like, well, I can't give up my salary as a head of department, but I also can't mm. manage five days a week or I don't want to do five days a week. Um, and I just think that's really important. I think a school, and there's one particular school, um, I hope I've got the name of it right. I think the head teacher's called Sue Plant. I can't actually remember the name of the school now. And um, we'll put it in the show notes. But I remember she set up her school um, and she didn't have to do any adverts on the TES. She just advertised all the roles on Twitter. And she said, I am open to flexible working. Tell me what hours you want to do. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, I wish I lived near it to where your school is because yeah. I would absolutely apply for your school. I thought you were going to say that she gave like free childcare because I've always thought well, yeah, that would be a, a game changer for, so much. yeah, yeah. So for me, offering and meaning, offering flexible working, and the final thing I'd say on that is I don't just mean part-time work, so you can do this role on 0.8. I also mean um, shared, like code, oh, job share. That's, job that shares. is, yeah, that is something um, that really does not exist very much very at much. all in teaching. There's a bit of it, and again, we'll yeah, it's a small in, amount, in the but show like... notes, and I want to kind of do a shout out again to another charity, the Shared Headship Network, who are really trying to push for mm. people to co-run a school. But lots of other sectors, because I've done a lot of research into this, have job shares oh yeah very high levels of leadership yeah why is that they just don't, they don't need yeah. well we'll do it on a we did also we do like to do our own re to do research and um, we both have this book we both um, got given this book actually we both got given this book um so it's called gathering greatness um it's from the london leadership strategy so it's all about schools working in partnerships with each other mm. helping raise each other up um, and there's loads of things in it and we'll we'll put a link to it in the show notes so it's called gathering greatness but what we thought was quite interesting, in the appendix, they had their nine pillars mm. of what makes a great school. Again, they called it great school, not outstanding. Yeah, they did um, call it a great school, actually. And we one. thought, so nine pillars of greatness. Yeah. So they talked about a shared vision. They talked about inspirational leadership. And they talked about exceptional teaching, learning and assessment. We, I guess, were talking about that because we were saying if you are trusted, if you do collaborate, that allows you to yeah. do excellent teaching, learning and assessment. So, um, so that kind of leads us nicely to our last segment, mm. our Room 101 substitution, which we still don't have a good name for yet. But what don't we like? What would we change it to? So, yeah. Roxy, what goes in your Room 101? Um, okay, so today my Room 101 is going to be about CPD, as that was one of my great things. Um, and my Room 101 is something I mentioned previously, but it was to throw away one level CPD so where oh, yeah, it was one size fits all one size fits all CPD needs yeah. to go straight in the bin Get and it needs bin. to be way more adaptive and actually as that's new, the new buzzword in teaching at the moment adaptive teaching it needs to be adaptive CPD and so we want to get into schools integrate schools yeah carousel cpd or personalized cpd yeah personalized cpd so adaptive cpd adaptive CPD. adaptive so anyone teaching. at any stage in their teaching career actually can benefits. access and benefit from yeah. it yeah 100 love it um thanks for listening again thank you for and, listening um hopefully we see you on the next episode where we are talking about we're talking a bit more about 
So we are talk today has been about how great schools make happy teachers. Yeah. Because I know that you do go to some places and you face a bit of a backlash and people are very, and maybe people want to kind of comment on this, but people are quite comes from this idea that like 